Hey folks, Andy Patton here talking all things Transfer Portal and which huge names the Zags are still very much in play for while also hyping up this electric Gonzaga baseball team in the second segment and revealing a new off-season segment that I sincerely hope you all will love right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to talk you through all the news and notes that you need about the Gonzaga Athletic Department as we head into the college basketball offseason. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered for this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I also want to thank all of you who make this podcast your first listen of the day, and of course, those of you who have checked the show out on YouTube one of the fastest growing YouTube channels on the Locked On Podcast Network, even into the off season, which I tremendously appreciate all of you who have continued to check out the show there. All right, today's kind of a hodgepodge of a couple different topics. We're starting it out talking about the transfer portal and the players that the Gonzaga Bulldogs have showed interest in, what it means for the roster. Obviously, the biggest news since the last time we did this is the news that Drew Timmy has declared for the NBA draft, and hired an agent. It does not mean that he is leaving. We talked about that extensively on Wednesday's episode, all about Drew Timmy and his season in review. But I have speculated that he is almost certainly gone. I think I believe, I think I listed about 85% as where I'm at, that he's not going to return to Gonzaga for next season, which means the search should be on for a big man. We've mentioned Daz Amak a handful of times on this podcast, the Utah Valley transfer who listed Gonzaga as one of his schools. I think he I think he came down to nine schools, I believe, and the Zags were on that list. But the other big man who's kind of gotten a lot of traction in Gonzaga circles uh, is Johnny Broom from Moorhead State. And the big news out of Moorhead State for Johnny Broom is that he has listed Gonzaga in his top eight. When the first list came out for Johnny Broom, there was, I think, like 18, 20 maybe schools that were on the list. Uh, no surprise about that. He is an exceptional player. He averaged 16.8 points, 10.5 rebounds, and four blocks per game. Last year, 6'10", 235-pound guy. He's long. He's athletic. He's a great rebounder, obviously an elite shot blocker. Those are the things Gonzaga needs. Without Chet Holmgren in the picture, with Drew Timmy very likely not in the picture, uh, it makes sense that, that Broom is a target for the Zags, and it makes sense that he would consider coming to Gonzaga, obviously a school that now has a very wide-open front court. So they have four players uh, in the mix for playing time there, and Anton Watson and Caden Perry and Ben Gregg and Braden Huff, but they're not returning either of their starters from next year, and Broom would be a very adequate, competent, really high-performing player, particularly alongside Anton Watson, which is who I think he would share the court with the majority of the time. I think the two of them would be a really, really good offensive and defensive combination for the Zags. Uh, again, he's down to his top eight. The other schools on the list is a pretty darn good look, good list of schools. Uh, Duke, Kentucky, Auburn, Houston, Florida, Memphis, and Louisville. 
So that's a pretty good group. Duke, Kentucky, Auburn are, you know, top. We're all top two seeds in the NCAA tournament this past season. Florida, obviously, Todd Golden out there trying to pull some talent away from Gonzaga and down to his new home in Gainesville. Memphis has obviously produced a lot of very, very good players uh, and had a really nice finish to the season with Coach Penny Hardaway. Houston was one of the best teams in the just all season long. They were only a five seed, but they proved they were probably better than a five seed. They didn't beat a lot of good teams during the regular season, but really, really talented program. Of course, Louisville, while they're not at the top right now, uh, is a, a perennial powerhouse just kind of waiting to happen. And so this is this is a good group of schools for Johnny Broom to be choosing from. Obviously, a, a player that has deserved this these kinds of accolades, deserved this kind of attention from these high-level programs. Uh, and if it's not AMAC for Gonzaga, Johnny Broom would be a huge Get one of these two guys would be really, really big for Gonzaga. If they don't land one of the top transfers in the front court, there's reason to be a little bit concerned about the current depth of the front court. I have kind of gone back and forth on how I feel about this. Uh, certainly, if Drew Timmy returns and they don't make any additions to the front court, I think they're going to be okay. Uh, but with the the likelihood that Drew Timmy returning is pretty dim at this point in a front court without any additions is probably going to be cause for concern heading into next season unless the staff feels very confident about significant development steps forward from Ben Gregg and Caden Perry. And I'm just not there with them yet because we didn't see a lot of them last year. Obviously, Perry had the injury stuff. Uh, so hopefully one of these two guys or or another potentially very good big man uh, on the transfer portal will come to Gonzaga. Which leads us to the next high-level transfer portal big that hasn't directly... He's been connected to Gonzaga, uh, and that's Louisville... Excuse me, Louisiana Tech forward Kenneth Lofton. uh, Probably immediately becomes the top or one of the top three uh, players on the transfer portal uh, as soon as he declared that that's where he was going to be. Uh, The list of schools that are interested in Lofton is everybody. I'm not going to list all of them because this is a 30-minute podcast and I don't have time to say the names of every Division I school uh, that exists, but rest assured they are interested in him. His list was staggeringly long as soon as it came out. I don't know what his exact goals are here, but this is, I mean, there's a good reason he's on everybody's list. He averaged 16 and a half points, 10 and a half rebounds, 2.8 assists last year for Louisiana Tech. Uh, he's kind of an undersized four. Uh, he's about six, seven, but he's very meaty. He's a very big physical dude. And, and I think he would, I mean, this, this kid's great. He's a really good basketball player. There's, there aren't teams in the NCAA that he wouldn't fit on. He, he'd be an interesting fit for Gonzaga, not because of his talent level, but just because they're, you know, if you're trying to replace Chet Holmgren, a six foot seven, really thick guy is kind of the opposite of that in a lot of ways. And if he were to start alongside Anton Watson, they would have a very small front court with, assuming Strother comes back, you have six foot seven, Julian Strother at the three, six foot seven, Kenneth Lofton at the four, six foot eight, Anton Watson at the five. Maybe you start Caden Perry, but you got to expect that he's ready, which right now we're just it's unclear because of the back injury and everything. So I'm not sure that this is a great fit based on the current roster, but if the Zags have an opportunity to get this dude on the roster, they need to do it because he's really, really good. And I think that he would he would create such a unique mismatch for everybody in the WCC. It would be really, really difficult to guard him. They would just have to figure out whether they want to add a second transfer big, which would kind of probably ruffle some feathers for the guys who are currently on the roster, or how exactly that's all going to shake out. Maybe they try to play Watson more at the three. Maybe they 
you know, make some other adjustments to the roster potentially to to get him in and get him kind of fit where he wants to go. But at the end of the day, Lofton's the kind of kid who just has enough talent that you're going to find a way to get him. If you can find a way to get him to Spokane and get him on the roster, you'll deal with everything else afterwards because he's that good. That's kind of it for the big man news that we have right now. Uh, the Zags are really into a lot of guards uh, on the transfer portal, which I think is interesting. I've kind of postulated that with Hunter Salas, with Nolan Hickman, with Dominic Harris, that they may be looking more for a kind of reserve guard, an Aaron Cook, Geno Crandall type. Uh, I've also maintained that they should try to get the best player possible, but that some of those really good guards that are on the transfer portal may be hesitant to come to a program that already has three you know, top 50 caliber recruits from their class all expected to play big minutes. But the Zags are in on some pretty big names. Uh, first up is South Carolina transfer guard Jermaine Kuznard, who named Gonzaga within his top seven, transferring from the Gamecocks after Coach Frank Martin was fired uh, during the offseason. Gonzaga's on the list alongside Ohio State, Houston, Oregon, which makes sense because they hired a South Carolina assistant coach, uh, UMass, Maryland, and DePaul. Now, Kuznar doesn't really fit in my view of what the Zags need. He's a six foot four combo guard, so we're not talking about a true point guard. And I think the Zags kind of need a true point guard. Right now, the only true point guard on the roster in my vision is Nolan Hickman. Maybe they feel Dominic Harris can handle ball handling duties, and maybe he can. I'm not trying to doubt that necessarily. We just haven't really seen it. Salas is definitely more of a combo guard type. Uh, but Kuznard is more of a combo guard, and he's not a great outside shooter. So he's not really a point guard. He's not really an outside shooter. He's a good scorer. He averaged 12 points, two and a half boards, and over three assists per game for the Gamecocks. So I certainly think that he could come in and contribute. And I think more than some of the other guards Gonzaga is looking at, I think Kuznard is a bit more of that kind of reserve guard territory. Again, Ohio State, Houston are, are very prominent programs that are looking at him. But UMass, Maryland, DePaul... Probably opportunities where he would play a little bit more, whereas if he were to come to Gonzaga, he would compete for minutes, certainly. But I think it'd be more likely he would be coming off the bench. So that might be part of the reason that there's some mutual interest there as he fits that role. Gonzaga has been really good at finding guards who fit the roles that they want them to fit into. We talked about Aaron Cook. We've talked about Geno Crandall in the past. Even guys like Rasir Bolton, Byron Wesley, Jordan Matthews, like they started, but they came to programs where they were not you know, I think I think Byron Wesley like led USC in scoring and then came to Gonzaga and was like the third or fourth player. Jordan Matthews came from Cal. He was one of their best players too and, and then took on more of a reserve role, even though he was still starting. So that could be a situation for Kuznard where where this this kind of plays out that way. And the other guys that the Zags are interested in uh, that I've seen, this is not a comprehensive list of players Gonzaga is interested in. That would, I would not be, it would just be a podcast of me literally listing names and nobody wants that, I promise you. But this is a list that I've found that are kind of interesting to me uh, as we kind of see some more of these recruits start, or transfers start narrowing down their lists. We'll definitely kind of dig in a little bit more on these guys. Uh, But the next two guys are Jameer Young from Charlotte and Nigel Pack from Kansas State. Both extremely talented players. The big knock for either of them is these dudes would they would only come to Gonzaga if they're going to play a lot. 
I, I just don't think these guys have interest from so many programs, so many programs that I just think that they're looking for an opportunity to go play 30 minutes a night, put up huge numbers, play in the NCAA tournament, and then move on to the NBA. And I don't blame either of them for that. In fact, Jameer Young is, is focused on the NBA draft right now over even the transfer portal. So he's drawing interest from high-level programs like Notre Dame, like Wake Forest, Miami, Maryland, South Carolina, Cincinnati. All these programs are in on him, but right now he's focused more on potentially going to the NBA. So if he decides not to go to the NBA, he doesn't hear what he wants to hear from the scouts. He's going to go out and try to find himself a starting role at a high caliber program. That could be Gonzaga. I'm not saying that he's not good enough to start at Gonzaga. He very well may be. I'm also not going to pretend that I've watched tons of footage of Charlotte guard Jameer Young. I haven't. I've seen some highlights. I know what his numbers are. He averaged about 20 points per game as well as six rebounds, three and a half assists, and shot 34% from three. So the dude is good. I mean, really good. He can really play at this level. I think he would probably start for Gonzaga or at least compete very strongly for significant minutes. I don't know if that's going to be enough to sell him on coming to Gonzaga, where he could go to potentially Notre Dame or Miami and play a much bigger role on those two teams. Uh, But it's interesting that the Zags are super in on him here. Maybe they have some concern about whether Salas or Hickman or or Dom are going to potentially leave. Uh, I have not heard anything to indicate that, and I don't want to put that out there necessarily, but it would be a reason for them to look more aggressively at some of these high-level guards, or they're just trying to find the best dang player that they can find who's willing to come to Spokane and compete as hard as he can against three really talented dudes for playing time. If it's Jameer Young, awesome. If it's Nigel Pack, who has drawn interest from our good friend Tommy Lloyd over at Arizona, as well as Purdue, Tennessee, Ohio State, Marquette, Xavier, the list goes on and on. A lot of people interested in Nigel Pack from Kansas State for very good reason. He averaged 17 points. Uh, And most importantly, while he's not much of a distributor, he's not a great passer. He shot 44% from three. So he is a score first guard who can light it up from beyond the arc. He's a lot like what we're expecting to see out of Dominic Harris, just a a player who has obviously already done it at a high level at a power five school. I think Pack would be awesome. He's really, really good. I don't think he's going to go to a program where he's not the man. And I'm not sure that Gonzaga is in a position where they could promise him to that he would be the man necessarily. But again, if they could get either Pack or Young to join that guard group with Dom, with Hickman, with Salas, they would be in really, really, really good shape. All right, again, way more transfer portal conversations coming throughout the offseason as this stuff starts to get a little bit more finalized. But now I want to move on to the second segment where I want to talk about this Gonzaga baseball team. They're heading into a big series against the Pilots of Portland this weekend. Before we get there, let's talk about today's sponsor, Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to see what the hype was about. Now I've been on it for about four weeks and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has this kind of mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to every morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery focus, and aging. All the things. There is so much to love about Athletic Greens. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. It costs you less than $3 per day. 
you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and has been recommended by professional athletes. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, segment two, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zags, moving to talk about the 14th ranked team in the country. That's right, the Gonzaga Bulldogs baseball squad continues to roll along. They were 19-7 and last time we talked at this time last week. They're now 21-8. and They took two of three from the Dons out of San Francisco last weekend, a big, big series for them. Uh, Before we get into what happened in that series and what's coming up, I wanted to shout out that D1 Baseball released their midseason top 150 prospects in the game of baseball. The Zags had four, four players make the list. All four of them are pitchers. Not surprising, this program has churned out high-level talent on the bump for years. Just look at the players in the big leagues from Gonzaga. You got Eli Morgan, you got Marco Gonzalez, you got Wyatt Mills, you got Brandon Bailey churning out pitchers like it's nobody's business. This list is phenomenal. It's their three starters, their Friday, their Saturday, and their Sunday starter, as well as reliever Brody Jesse, who is 127th on the list of 150. Gabriel Hughes, the Friday starter, is 26th. So a borderline top 25 prospect in all of Division I college baseball right now. That is some pretty incredible stuff from him. And then Tristan Vreeling has moved up significantly. He was a, I don't want to say he was a non-prospect coming into the year because he had he had some attention. He had played uh, high-level college baseball in the, uh, in the summer league. So he was somebody that was known, but he's now 36th. 36, a top 40 prospect in Division I. That is an incredible jump for Vreeling. And then William Kempner is 59th on the list as well. He's been battling some injuries this season, so we haven't gotten to see the full scope of what he is capable of. But still, again, for their third pitcher, their Sunday starter, to be a top 60 prospect in all of Division I baseball is an incredible testament to Coach Metcalf, to this entire staff, and everything that they are doing in Spokane at Patterson Baseball Complex to build a very, very good top 15 program in the entire country. Now, it's funny to lead that into the series against San Francisco because the Zags did not beat the Dons two out of three times necessarily because of their pitching. They It was a run-scoring factory on both sides down in the Bay this weekend. The Zags won on Friday 11-3 far and away the biggest blowout of the series, although it really wasn't a blowout the way you would traditionally expect one to be. This game was 5-3 to three until the ninth inning. Close all the way throughout. The Zags scored six runs in the ninth inning thanks to a three-run home run from catcher Ezra Samperi. Huge hit for him. Ended up blowing the game wide open. Hughes, of course, top 25 player in the nation. Not surprising. Six and a third innings. Gave up three runs. Struck out nine 
Really nice game from him. Uh, the starters didn't do particularly well the rest of the weekend after that. The Zags lost on Saturday to the Dons 14-11. Looks like a weird football score and not what you'd expect to see from a baseball game, especially not with the Zags playing because they're such a pitcher-friendly team. USF scored five in the sixth. They scored three in the eighth, and then they walked it off in the ninth with a three-run home run. Uh, giving up six runs in the final two innings of a baseball game is probably not ever going to lead to a victory, or if it does, it would have been a pretty weird game to get there. Uh, Sam Perry homered again in this one, two home runs in the series for him. Really nice weekend. Uh, Xavier Penales also hit a home run for the Zags. Uh, Vreeling struck out nine in five innings, which is kind of on par with what he's been doing all season long. He's a strikeout machine for the Zags, but he did give up seven runs. In this one, not his sharpest performance, and unfortunately it cost the Zags a chance at a victory. Fortunately, though, for Gonzaga, they did win the series by winning on Sunday 17-13, which looks even more like a football score than the Saturday game. The Zags scored 12 runs in the final three innings. That is obscene. I talked about if you give up six runs in the final two innings, you rarely win. If you give up 12 runs in the final three innings, I would be shocked if you were to look at the history of Major League Baseball and every box score that's existed at that level, I'd be surprised if you find a whole lot of teams that give up three runs, or excuse me, 12 runs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings and still pulled off a victory. Uh, Enzo Apocata had four hits for the Zags and three RBIs. St. Perry didn't hit a home run in this one, but he had three more RBIs. A incredible weekend. Uh, if he only played his baseball games in San Francisco, he would be a big league all-star the way that he played this weekend down in the Bay. Uh, Owen Wilde had six strikeouts in five innings pitched for the Zags. He did give up six runs, like we said. It wasn't a great weekend. We've been talking up this pitching for weeks and weeks on the podcast. We just had a whole segment about how they're all top 100 prospects in baseball, but it wasn't a great weekend for them. Outside of Hughes, who had a nice game on Friday, wasn't really a great weekend for the pitchers, but the Zags still pulled out two victories now. They get a chance to host the Pilots of Portland this weekend. UP was down in the cellar of the WCC when they first hired Coach Jeff Loomis a couple years ago. It was he's, His first year was my first year working at UP, so I'm very familiar with him, with the staff over there. And they've built a very good program. They're now 19-12 and 12 on the season. I'm very sad that this weekend is happening in Spokane. I wish I could go there, but if it was here in UP, like 40 minutes down the road, I would be at all three of these games. So I'm bummed that I'm not able to go, but this Pilots team, again, 19-12 and 12 on the year, 6-6 six and six in conference play. They got some really nice wins. They swept the Creighton Blue Jays earlier in the year. They took two out of three from San Jose State. They beat Cal Poly, another team that's expected to be in the play in a regional game. They have the best player in all of college baseball, Brooks Lee, their starting shortstop. Uh, so really big win for the Pilots to win that one. Took two of three from BYU. They did lose twice to San Francisco, so the Dons managed to, to beat them up a little bit. Uh, Friday's game between Brett Gillis for the Pilots and Gabriel Hughes for, for Gonzaga. Going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome game. Gillis has a 1.76 ERA on the season. He's got 67 strikeouts in 50 innings. Uh, I say awesome game for me as somebody who loves watching pitching. If you're somebody who wants to go to a baseball game and see a lot of home runs or see a score similar to 17 to 13, you could probably skip the UP Gonzaga game on Friday because I'm thinking that that's going to be two to one, three to two, something like that uh, because both these dudes are absolute horses on the bump. Last thing before we go into segment three after the pilots, uh, the Zags are going to play Oregon State on Monday and Tuesday, the number five team in the country. 
Uh, they're playing them in Corvallis. I am planning to go to at least one of those games. I have not decided which one, if you are a Gonzaga fan, in the Portland, Corvallis, Eugene, whatever area, uh, or you're just commuting from somewhere to go watch these games, let me know. I would love to see some people there and say hi. Uh, it's always fun to go to Gonzaga sporting events, uh, particularly non-basketball sporting events, although they're all fun, obviously, but this would be a cool opportunity to uh, to meet some fans and hopefully uh, get a chance to, to watch some really, really good baseball on Monday or Tuesday. All right, two segments down. We're going to come back in the third segment, and we're going to debut something brand new, a new segment that we're hoping to continue through the offseason. It'll seem somewhat familiar to those of you who listened to Locked on Zags before I took over as the host. Before we get to that, though, let's talk about Bet Online. The 2022 NCAA tournament is in the books with a win secured by Bill Self and the Jayhawks of Kansas. While the Zags unfortunately fell short of the game's pinnacle week, that does not mean fans cannot remain in on the action. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews of all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all the sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Heck, they even have lines on a fight between Will Smith and Chris Rock if you really felt like putting some money down on that. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, segment three, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zags, and we are debuting a new segment. So on Tuesday night on Twitter, I didn't have a great day on Tuesday. Just one of those things, work got me down, it happens. Uh, and I was kind of feeling like I wanted to interact with, with people on social media. Uh, obviously, with the season ending, there's been a lot less Twitter interaction, which in some cases is very nice. And in some cases, uh, it makes the evenings a little bit more boring. And so I thought, hey, I want to reach out to people on Twitter. And I'm going to see if people want to share stories about times that they met somebody from Gonzaga, whether it's a former player or a current player, a coach, any stories that people may have about meeting Zags, interacting with Zags. I believe the way I phrased it is like your funniest, your most heartwarming, or your most awkward interaction with a Zag. And I was trying not to make it specifically about like a time I interacted with somebody on the basketball team. If that's your story, awesome. If your story is about just meeting somebody else who happens to be a Gonzaga fan, fantastic. Like I wanted to keep it kind of open-ended. I didn't expect this to get a ton of traction. I wasn't sure exactly what to expect. I thought a few people might give me some funny stories that I could share and we'd kind of move on from there. This tweet got over 50 responses just on the tweet alone. I also got tons of direct messages from people on Twitter. I got people who emailed me. I got people who texted me. This thing really blew up. I'm not trying to brag about the Twitter presence or anything. It's just, it's one of those things that when you have followed Gonzaga for so long and so many of you are very intimately familiar with the Gonzaga uh, not just athletic department but the school the university the fan base the city of Spokane whatever it may be and so I I don't think people are that surprised that all these people have these heartwarming stories you could be a a fan of of a professional sports team or even a, a bigger college team and have had no interactions with players, with coaches, with even with like, you know, high level fans or anything like that. You might have seen somebody wearing a, you know, a UW hat and nodded or whatever. But at Gonzaga, because the school's so small and, and more intimate, I think that there's, there's, everybody's got stories. Everybody has stories. And we should share those. 
There, there is enough crap going on in the world that why not spend one segment once a week just sharing funny stories or heartwarming stories or if people want to share awkward stories, whatever it may be. So this segment kind of came together at the last minute. I also will say it is very similar to a segment that Stephen Carr ran when he hosted the Locked On Zags podcast before I took over. Uh, Five Star Friday was what he called it. I'm going to think of a different name. Uh, It's going to be on a different day. I don't want to emulate too much of what Stephen did. It was a fantastic idea and very, very well received. But what I want effectively is I want a space where Gonzaga fans can share stories about meeting other Gonzaga fans, coaches, players, whatever it may be. Uh, So I'm still working out all the logistics. I haven't figured out exactly how this is going to work. What I'll tell you now is if you have a story that you would like to share, that you would like me to share on the podcast, I'm expecting that I'm going to be kind of reading people's stories because we do this thing on YouTube now and it seems like it'd be really difficult to have people kind of guest on the show and talk about it. Maybe there will be some opportunities to do that at another time. But for right now, if you have a story that you're comfortable with me reading on the show, please reach out. You can, If you've already reached out to me on Twitter, you've already told me your story and you just want to let me know, hey, you can tell that on the podcast, great. You can do that. You can reach out on Twitter at ScoreZagScore. You can email me, andypatton013 at gmail.com. Many of you I know do not use Twitter, so this would be your opportunity to reach out to me in another capacity and kind of tell me those stories. Uh, and like I said, we'll figure out exactly how this segment's going to go down, whether it's always going to be on Thursdays, whether it'll move throughout the week, whether, how, how exactly it's going to shake out, I don't know. But I'm excited about it. I'm excited to hear your stories. I already read every single one that you all posted. I couldn't retweet all of them. I wish that I could, but uh, I think that there's some really, really good stories in there. I'm going to start with my story because mine is short and sweet. And then I'm going to share one more story that I got permission to read because it was very, very kind of inspirational to me. And I think you guys will really appreciate it. So my story is a pretty simple one. Obviously, I interact with a lot of Gonzaga players now in a different capacity. But when I was a student, specifically when I was a sophomore, I was, as many of you have been in your time, uh, intensity. And I was uh, sitting there, it was the afternoon, uh, I was taking a nap in the tent and I woke up and heard some wrestling right outside of my tent, which is, of course, not unusual because the tents were all packed together pretty close. But I opened up the tent and I saw two people sitting in the two chairs, the two camp chairs that I had sitting outside the tent. And it was Stephen Gray and Marquise Carter. And they were both eating pizza and they had been passing out pizzas to everybody in Tent City. And I guess because I was one of the few people that had chairs sitting out there, they decided to to pop a squat. I popped out. They were having a lively debate about which was the best team to utilize on NBA 2K, I guess, 10 or 2K9, whatever year that was. I came out. I said, what's up? They offered me pizza. I took some pizza. I chatted with them for a few minutes about NBA 2K10, and then they were on their way. It was a small interaction. It wasn't a particularly significant one. I had classes with basketball players. I had talked to basketball players before. It wasn't my first time interacting with them, but it was just just nice. It was just a nice kind of fun, you know, they, they seemed to genuinely enjoy what they were doing. Uh, they were happy to give out pizza to people. They were happy to have a conversation with me, albeit a short one. It was just, just a nice moment. I know many of you have stories very similar to this regarding Tent City, regarding pizza, like this is a common thing, but just one of those things that I think is not entirely unique to Gonzaga, but a little bit unique to Gonzaga. Okay, and then I'm going to share this last story here. This story comes from, I apologize if I mispronounced the name, uh, Arya Emig, uh, who sent this story to me via Twitter DM. I asked 
if I was allowed to share it, and they said yes. So I'm just going to read it word for word what they sent me on Tuesday night. We're quoting now. I met Mark Few in Portland the night before round one. We were in line for sandwiches at Potbelly's by Pioneer Courthouse Square. He was ahead of me with his entire family. I was wearing my Gonzaga hat. I played it so cool, but then he finally noticed my hat and smiled, and we struck up a conversation. He asked me if I was going to the game, but I said I couldn't make it. He goes, couldn't get off work? I said, actually, I'm getting laid off. The record store I work at is closing, and I just can't swing it. He nodded, and the next thing I knew, he's handing me a Sharpie and a sandwich bag. He says, I can't promise anything because it's so late, but give me your name and number, and I will see if I can leave some tickets at Will Call. Do you know what Will Call is? Two hours later, I get a text. Coach Few gave me your number. He said you might be interested in some tickets to the Zags tomorrow. Are you still interested? I was. And a couple hours later, I got tickets emailed to me for Section 121, Row P. I got to see Memphis versus Boise State and Zags versus Georgia State. I love this story. I I, I mean, how could you not love this story? Uh, Mark Few meets somebody wearing a Gonzaga hat, strikes up a conversation, finds out that they're a little down on their luck unable to attend a game that they certainly wanted to go to. I, who wouldn't as a Gonzaga fan at that time? Uh, and just did the right thing. You know, it was not hard for him to do this. I, I mean, I, I imagine all he had to do was call somebody in the ticketing office and ask if they could set some tickets aside. Uh, it's an easy thing for him to do, uh, but it, it made this person's day, I have to imagine. You know, I mean, what what a nice gesture to do something for somebody who who was, you know, having some bad luck. I think this is an awesome story. Uh, Mark View has certainly been in the news over the last year for some not so favorable things. Um, but I think it's very obvious that he is, at his soul, a good person, a great person, uh, a wonderful leader, and the kind of person who would go out of his way to help somebody just because he can, because they need help. You know, they didn't need tickets to this Gonzaga game, but why not Why not do that for somebody who you have the ability to help out? I just think it's a really cool story. Uh, I, I read a lot of cool stories. Some of you shared stories that were uh, similarly heartwarming. Some of you shared stories that were funny. Some of you shared stories mostly in my DMs that were wildly inappropriate, which I also loved and found very funny. We'll probably avoid sharing most of those uh, on the on the podcast for uh, pretty obvious reasons. But stories like this are phenomenal. And if your story is not quite this heartwarming, uh, that's fine. I would love to hear it. I really would. Uh, so, so please share them with me. Like I said, reach out to me on Twitter at ScoreZagScore. Uh, reach out to me via email, AndyPatton013 at gmail.com. We'll come up with a name. Uh, if you have an idea for the name of the segment as well, you can let me know on that. Uh, again, don't want to steal too much from Stephen and the great work that he did on this podcast. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a lot of fun to do as the offseason continues and rolls on as we get uh, farther and farther away from Transfer Portal news. And of course, as we get out of doing the season in review series, which we got one more of those coming your way tomorrow uh, to close out the week. But as we get farther and farther from that stuff, we're going to need some more stuff to fill some of the time. And, and I think that stories like this are, are things that a lot of people are going to really enjoy. All right, that is going to do it for me today. Like I said, one more season in review episode coming your way on Friday. Then we go into the weekend. And of course, mailbag coming up on Monday right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. Finally, thank you again to those of you who have made Locked On Zags your first listen every day. Now's a great time to make your second listen, the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. With the college basketball season wrapped up, give Raphael Barlow and a flurry of guests a listen as they prepare for the NBA Draft. Hear thoughts on Chet Holmgren, Paolo Bancaro, and the rest of the NBA's future stars on Locked On NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, thank you all for listening, 
and go Zags.